Yeah, thanks, Jack. So that video uh, is going to be blasted on social media. I think we're going to do some stuff with the fuller stories. But uh, it's one of those fun things where there are other churches in the city that are hungering for these kinds of experiences. And little old Alliance Bible Church tucked in a neighborhood here gets to use what God is doing in us to help promote this stuff to, uh, to churches around the city. And so there's going to be more churches seeking us out, saying, help us to do this stuff, um, which is really exciting. It's really exciting that we get to be a part of that. Um, another, the, <clears throat> just a little thing to be aware of. So Sandy, can you just wave your hand? She's like, uh-oh, what are you doing? Um, <clears throat> Sandy and, I don't think Maggie's here today, is she? Sandy and Maggie do an awesome job at the back getting all the tea, coffee, and goodies all set up for us. So you can thank them for that. Um, on Sa- Sandy has a, a hope to get some people together on Saturday to help create or cook like the, the entire year's worth of cookie supply, right? Something like that. So if you are interested in coming on Saturday and helping bake a bunch of cookies, go talk to Sandy at some point and let her know you're interested. That would be super helpful. So we, um, we're going to start a new series at the end of the month. So for now, there's just a few things that I wanted to talk about while we had a little bit of gap in between. And so this week, I was at Red Robin hanging out with Ruben. And as we're there, I, I don't remember what the context was for the question, but he asked me this question. I don't, was it about the church or was it about the, the world? I can't remember. If you could change one thing, uh, I, can't, I, th- I think it was about the world. If you could change one thing, what would it be? And like, obviously, like, we're Christians, right? So our answer is, we'd make everyone know Jesus because that would be the one thing we're, we're changing. Like, but that, that answer is not allowed to be there. So if you could change one thing, Uh, what would it be? And I just paused for a second and I thought, you know, honestly, if I could change one thing or equip people in one skill that's not related to like Jesus and the Bible, it would be to teach people to listen. I was thinking, what, what could we do that would make the biggest impact on the world around us? And I was like, I think it would be teaching people to listen. We've lost the ability to listen. Um, whether that's to God as Christians or whether it's to people out there. Uh, we live in a culture that is all about speak your mind, say what you want to say, and if we don't like it, like we'll tear you down. But things out there, don't hear anymore, just listen. So uh, I've been thinking about that for, for the last week. It's a topic I've been thinking about for a while, but, but this is the deal. Listening is a lost art. Right? Listening is a lost art. We've forgotten how to do it. We've forgotten why it's important. And it's a theme that's all the way through Scripture. And so as we're starting the year, I thought, you know, I, I want to take a little bit of time and just talk about what it means to listen uh, and what the Bible says about that and hopefully uh, impact us and impact the way we function in the world. Because I keep asking myself the question, right? Out there in the world, people are shouting their opinions. People are being offended left, right, and center. Uh, people right now are known more for the thing they're declaring or the thing they're against. And, and there's not a lot of people, I don't hear people say, man, I just love this famous person because they're such a wonderful listener. Um, I, I don't hear that very often. What I do hear is, is when I watch people in discipleship context meeting uh, with Christians that are really helping push them into the arms of Jesus, one of the most common things that they say is, man, it's just so nice to have someone sit and be willing to hear me. Um, And so I've wondered, what would happen, uh, what would happen to the reputation of Jesus in the earth if Christians were known for listening? So in our culture, the way it is right now, if, if 
people were wandering around going, if you need a good listener, go find a Christian. Like they're the people, they're going to hear you. They're not going to judge you. They're going to love and, and embrace you. You want to be heard, like you're dealing with depression, go find a Christian. They're going to hear you out. You've got family struggles, go find a Christian, they'll hear you out. You're dealing with identity issues, go find a Christian, they're going to listen. What would happen to the world if the church learned to listen and we led the way in the world as listening people? I want to throw up a couple of scriptures to start with. Um, first is a repeated refrain of Jesus all the way through scriptures. So you've, those of you who have read the Bible, been around the Bible, you know what he says. Whoever has ears, let him hear. So almost every time he teaches a parable, he starts it and ends it with this declaration. Whoever has ears, let him hear. This is not a discriminatory statement against the people who have no ears. This is like a statement like, you have ears, so listen to what I've got to say. And I stuck the Revelation one because right at the end, there's this repeated refrain as he's talking to the churches over and over again in, in chapters two and three. Whoever has ears, let them hear what the Spirit is saying to the churches. So Jesus really cared about us having this posture that we would be able to hear what it is that he is saying. Um, Deuteronomy 4.6 is the most famous Jewish prayer. It's called the Shema. Um, Hear, O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord alone, or the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. It's the most famous prayer uh, that Jewish people pray to this day. They were asked to keep this on their hearts, to teach it when they walked down the street, when they got up, when they were with their kids. And it's all premised on this statement, Hear, O Israel. Uh, and actually, when they describe this prayer, this prayer is called the Shema which comes from the Hebrew word for to hear, hear. So, so it's all about hearing and listening. And so the whole premise of the Jewish faith, like Jesus, when he's quoting the greatest commandment, the greatest commandment, love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, and love your neighbor as yourself, it is quoting the scripture that begins with a command to hear. So are we people that are cultivating the ability to hear? Are we people that are walking through life with a listening posture, or are we wandering aimlessly through life? And so I want to look at three kind of movements um, as we look at what it means to listen. What does it mean to listen to God? What does it mean to listen to self and be attentive to what is going on in you? And then what does it look like to listen to others? Because these are things that are utterly crucial for our Christian journey. If we don't know how to hear from God, how do we know how to live the way he wants us to live? We've been spending a lot of time uh, with the leadership team here looking at discernment and how do you hear God and make wise decisions as we're trying to figure out where we go as a church. We're gathering together and having these brainstorming sessions and saying what are some of the things that are on our heart because we're trying to listen and be attentive to what God might want to do in us. Um, so first thing we're going to look at is what does it mean to listen to God? Where do we start with this? Psalm 19. The heavens declare the glory of God. The skies proclaim the work of his hands. Day after day, they pour forth speech. Their voice has gone out to the ends of the earth. Paraphrasing the end of that. Um, God is speaking constantly. And if God is speaking constantly, we need to be in a posture where we are learning how to hear the things that he wants to say to us. And, and what happens in our faith is it, it kind of looks like this. You know, we... In the Western world, we have a dualistic way that we look at life. So I'm a Christian or I'm not a Christian. 
And then we put with that, I'm a Christian, which means I've learned to listen to God, where those non-Christians over there don't know how to listen to God. And then what that does to us is it makes us go, well, I'm a Christian, I'm constantly listening. I don't need to learn to listen to God any more than I already do, because I've spent 60 years listening to God, and I know exactly what this looks like. So I don't need to rely on that anymore. Uh, But we have a posture that we've got to continue to cultivate of can we hear? And the psalmist is looking at all of creation, and what's he declaring? Uh, the same thing that Paul says in Romans 1.23, you know, the invisible qualities of God have been clearly made, uh, are, are, are clearly seen in what's been made so that no one is, is without excuse. So you can, we have these experiences, you climb a mountain, you get to the top of it, your breath is taken away because in the expanse in front of you, you brush up against God. And you see something amazing. It's when you're studying the thing that you geek out about, whether it's medicine and you're looking at how the eyeball functions, uh, whether it's looking at the stars and and, and planets through a telescope, uh, whether it's exploring the ants in your house and how they always seem to find a way in, even when you block every possible entrance. And there's just these moments that are transcendent that that you realize that that there's a creator, that he's at work. So we've got to learn to cultivate a posture that says God is constantly speaking. We know he's speaking in his word. We know he's speaking through his people. Um, He's speaking in all of creation. Are we cultivating the posture that says, as I'm walking through the world, I'm attentive to where God might speak? John 10, as Jesus is is talking, he, he calls himself the good shepherd. I'm the good shepherd. I know my sheep. My sheep know me just as the father knows me and I know the father and I lay down my life for my sheep. My sheep listen to my voice and I know them and they follow me. So Jesus setting up the relationship between him and the church is one of do we know his voice and are we able to follow it? So the Christian journey is a journey of learning with greater and greater certainty and greater and greater humility what it is to hear the voice of God, to acknowledge it, and to act in response to it. How do we do it? I mean, we, we'll spend lots of time talking about these things. How do we do it? It's in his word. It's coming to scripture, knowing that he's guaranteed to speak through his word. And so we study it. We open it. We cultivate habits of waking up in the morning, cracking open the scriptures to seek his voice because it's going to shape who we are. It's going to confront our brokenness and it's going to posture us right for being out in the world. It's about surrounding ourselves by believers and gathering with groups of Christians, not just Christians who say they're Christians and just gather for the sake of it, but a group of people who are hungering after God, who are learning to listen to him together so that when they're speaking to you, you hear the voice of God spoken through them. Um, Part of the trouble when it comes to the concept of listening to God, right? My sheep know my voice, and it's as vast as all of creation. We tend to have very narrow views of what it looks like to hear from God based on the culture that you've grown up in, the denomination you've grown up in, the heritage that you have. And so some people, what that looks like is God only speaks in the Bible. So you open the Bible, and it's the only way that you're going to hear him. Other people go, you know, if you shut your eyes and you ask God to speak, he's going to put a picture in your mind, and when you see this image, it's a prophetic revelation from God, and that's him speaking. Some people think it's you go to, you go to church, and the person up front, whether it's a pastor or a priest, that person represents God on the earth, and when they speak, they speak the word of God, and you listen to it. Uh, and there's loads more out there, right? If you restrict the voice of God to Scripture, 
you're going to miss all of the other times in your life that he's trying to speak to you because add up how much time you spend in Scripture. And for some of you, it's a lot, and for some of you, it's none, right? Um, And so if the only way God speaks is in the Bible and you're not reading it, then you're missing what he's saying. Um, If the only time God speaks is when a pastor or a priest stands on the stage and and ministers on behalf of Jesus, then the only times you're going to hear him are when you're at church uh, or when you're listening to a podcast that carries the authority that you think it should carry. Or the only time that, that God is speaking is when someone comes up to you and says, God said, and here's the revelation he gave me. And so we restrict the ability to hear God and limit him by putting him in a little narrow uh, avenue that he's able to speak. But what if, as the church, we cultivated a posture that said God is speaking constantly, and rather than restricting it to just when I'm in the Bible or just when I'm at church uh, or just when I'm with my Christian friends, what if we went through life saying, I believe God can speak to me any moment through anything, So my job now is to be attentive. One of the people who God speaks through most often in my life is a family member that doesn't walk with Jesus. And I'll call them up to get some advice and they'll say something and as they say it, I just feel that weight in my chest like, dang, you gotta pay attention to what they're saying. I'm like, if I said God only speaks through Christians, I would ignore all the words that he's given me through this person that doesn't know him. So are we cultivating the attitude that says God is speaking, and are we cultivating the ears to hear it? Uh, do you want your intimacy with God to be restricted to the tiny little bit of time you dedicate to sitting alone with Him in your devotions? Or do you want to be open to hearing God every part of the day through every possible avenue that He could possibly use? And that's how we move from prayer as a transactional thing where you sit in a room, you go through your shopping list, and prayer is done to continual prayer. Because what is constant, unceasing prayer? It's a daily, ongoing conversation with God. As you look at a leaf falling off a tree and you reflect on death and resurrection and you go, God, thank you for reminding me that you're the creator, that when things die, life comes out of death. It's, it's when you hear someone talking in the coffee shop next to you and they're declaring uh, their frustration at the world and the emptiness that they feel, and you're going, oh, God is reminding me of the broken world round about me. Are you cultivating the ability to listen? One of the things we miss in the, the, the origin story, Genesis 3, right? So Genesis 1 and 2, God creates the world. Genesis 3, the fall happens. But notice the hearing posture that exists in this story. So what's happened here? Adam and Eve were in the, the Garden of Eden. Don't eat for the tree the knowledge of good and evil. That Satan comes, tempts them. They do it anyway. And then you get this moment that I always call the saddest moment in history where all of a sudden the relationship between humanity and God and Adam and Eve is broken. And then they run away and they hide from God. And this is the moment. Then the man and his wife heard the sound of the Lord God as he was walking in the garden in the cool of the day, and they hid from the Lord God among the trees of the garden. Did you notice it? They heard the sound of the Lord God walking. They've been living in the Garden of Eden, and they've attuned themselves to the sound of God when he's present with them. So even in the middle of their sin and their brokenness, they're in the garden, they hear the sound, and they know who it is. Sadly, they hide. (laughs) 
Fortunately, God goes in pursuit of them and starts this beautiful redemptive conversation on the pathway to Jesus. But Adam and Eve were in this posture in the garden where they'd learned to listen for the presence of God, whether they could see him or not, and whether it came from the way they expected it or not. So are we as a church cultivating the ability to listen? Um, if you're the kind of person where you're going, I, I, I've never heard from God. I don't know if you can hear from God. I want to promise you, you can hear from God. God wants to communicate to you, whether it's through the Bible, whether it's through the people sitting next to you, whether it's through seeing him out in creation, God desires to communicate directly with you. It's our job as your faith community to come alongside you and help tune your ears to his voice so you know what he sounds like and what it looks like so you can learn to respond to the things he's doing in you. Why? One, because we want that intimate relationship with him, but two, we don't want to have secondhand faith. I don't want you coming and listening to me speaking, and that's all you've got to take to the person next to you. I want you in a conversation with someone at work or with a neighbor, and as they're talking, you feel the prompting of the Spirit. You hear his heart for them. He's bringing Scripture to mind. Uh, and then you have the ability to take the revelation he's giving and speak that truth into the life that will bring transformation. Um, that's the desire, that we as a church would learn to listen to God, and we're going to spend the rest of the time that I'm here helping cultivate uh, that trait of what's it look like to listen to God together. Second one that's really closely related is the, the art of listening to self. Now, in some sense, we've got to learn not to listen to ourselves because you know the idiotic things that you say to yourself. You know the words that come out of your mouth, and quite often they are Scottish word, daft. Uh, and so we don't want to pay attention to those things. And for some of us, we've got to learn to shut off the inner voice and replace it with the truth of God instead. But there is an element of listening to self that's really, really important that we overlook in our Christianity. And in the history of the church, you've got all of these stories of these missionaries that spent their life for Jesus and didn't listen to themselves and died way before their time and the work that they did. So listening to self is really important. I want to throw up a uh, couple, couple of passages about this, and then I want to tie it back to listening to God. So as Paul is writing to Timothy, the letters to Timothy, Paul is writing to a young man that he's mentoring who has taken over the leadership of the church in Ephesus. So this is his mentoring encouragement to this young man. Um, and they're great books for learning about Christian leadership. But look what he says, watch your life and your doctrine closely. What does that mean? Be attentive to yourself, to what you're listening to, to what you're thinking, to what is inside, to what you're spending time with. Persevere in these things, because if you do, you'll save both yourself and your hearers. And then when he writes a second letter, it's the caution in the other direction. The time will come when people will not put up with sound doctrine. Instead, to suit their own desires, they'll gather around them a great number of tea to say what their itching ears want to hear. Are you attentive enough to your inner condition to know if you're just surrounding yourself by what you want to hear? Like, you've got to listen to self. You've got to know the desire of your heart. Am I truly hungering for truth, or do I just want my ears tickled? Uh, you don't know the answer to that until you listen to yourself and examine your heart. Do you take the time to understand what do I believe? Like what doctrine do I stand in? What things do I believe about God? 
But we don't know the answer to those questions until we take time to listen to ourselves. And beyond that, just, just think about sin. First Peter, be alert and of sober mind because the enemy, your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. So the enemy's out there tempting people, ready to tear people down. Are you attentive to yourself to know the areas where you're likely to be tempted? The areas of weakness, uh, the areas of susceptibility, and on the other side, the areas where you're so proud and arrogant and confident in your ways that you don't even realize that you're living life apart from him. It's, it's our attentiveness to self that helps cultivate that ability. Are you listening to yourself, the good and the bad of what's going on in your heart? Ephesians 4, you were taught with regard to your former way of life to put off your old self, which has been corrupted by its deceitful desires, to be made new in the attitude of your minds and to put on the new self created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. Therefore, each of you must put off falsehood and speak truthfully to your neighbor for all members of one body. So what's going on here? Put off the old. Do you know what the old is? And it's not the wrinkles, right? <laughs> I've got a few of those. <laughs> Uh, putting off the old is not putting off the wrinkles it's what's the old way of life are you listening to to your heart how do we figure it out you read scripture and you see that it calls us to walk in purity then you listen to the the cry of your heart for things that are impure and you realize that that's something that's got to be put off so that something new can be put on how does this relate to hearing from God? Here's the biggest problem when it comes to trying to hear what God wants to do, and especially as a community like this where we're trying to say, what is the will of God for our church and the ministry that we have to do into the community? On one end of the spectrum, you have the desires of your flesh, and on the other side, you have the will of God, and this is one of these places where we dualize things again, right? So I walk with Jesus, therefore all I want is the will of God. And those people that don't walk with Jesus, they want the things of the flesh. Well, the reality is every moment of every day, you swing back and forward on the spectrum between the things of God and the things of the flesh. Now, when it comes to, oh, here's something we're going to do as a community, we're going to head this direction, you don't know unless you spend time listening to yourself whether your gut reaction is the voice of God or the flesh. And we've, we've wrestled with this as a leadership team. We have this question. Oh, there's a few questions that we ask about this. Like, is, is this God? Is this you? Um, are you indifferent to the outcome? Are you so attached to the outcome that you're not going to care what God says because you're just pushing for your outcome? Or are you open-handed enough uh, that, that when God speaks, you're willing to do it? And how do we figure that out? You got to know and listen to yourself. Like, how much is my flesh attached to the outcome? of what it is that I want to do. And for many of us, our flesh is, a, for all of us, our flesh is attached to outcomes, right? <laughs> uh, and so we're trying to hear what God wants to say. And instead of listening to hear what he wants to say, we've already pre-decided what we want. And so then two things can happen in that scenario with a bunch of spectrums in the middle. You've already decided what you want. So option one is you're going to pursue that. You're going to rebel against the will of God because you're pursuing the things of the flesh. Or you have to surrender the things that you want in order to line up with what he wants to do in and through us. So being attentive to self, listening to self, is actually part of how we learn to listen to God. So what are the things that you're wanting? And the positive, what are the passions and desires he's birthed in you? What are the things that you do that fill you with life and energy and excitement? 
What are the things that you engage in or that you hear or that when you dream about it, you just give thanks to God for those things? That's part of listening to self and it directs you into his will. But the other side of it, what are the things I'm holding on to too tightly? What are the things that make me angry or cross or frustrated or grumpy or bitter? Um, because those are usually evidences that you're walking away from the will of God and your flesh stands in the way. So our job as believers is, is to constantly examine self. What's the old self? What's the flesh grabbing onto? Can I surrender those things? Can I open my hands so that I can hear him speak and act alongside it when he wants to do those things in me? So are you cultivating habits of listening to self? The prayer room experience that we had is a, an experience of listening to God and listening to self. You go in that room and you made time to sit with him, uh, to pray about things, to try and hear what he might want to say in you. If you engage some of the stations, you're looking at the knots in your life. That's listening to self. What are the knots that I'm wrestling with that stand in the way of me and Jesus? If you were with the shredder, you write down all your sins. Here's all the issues that I'm carrying that stand between me and God, and you shredded them. And you experienced a freedom in your life that came from listening and then submitting the things of your flesh to the one who wants to bring you a soft heart and the wholeness of Jesus. Um, so are we cultivating the ability to listen to him? Are we cultivating the practice of reflecting and listening to self? And then lastly, I mean, they're all tied together, right? Hero Israel, love God, and then love people. So part of hearing is the way we engage him. Part of hearing is the way we engage with others. So it's the last one, listening to others. How does this happen? James chapter one, my dear brother and sister, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. Why to listen to yourself for a minute? How many of you is this true of? I'm quick to listen, I'm slow to speak, and I'm slow to get angry, because human anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires. Therefore, get rid of all the moral filth and the evil that's so prevalent, and humbly accept the word planted in you, which can save you. Do not merely listen, and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. He who has ears, let him hear. Slow to speak, quick to listen. This is the, the encouragement of James to a church that is wrestling with division and strife and anger and frustration. Um, is this true of you? This is not the picture of the world that we're living in. The world we're in is slow to listen and quick to speak and very quick to get angry and tear people down. The counter-cultural way of Jesus, the upside-down way of the kingdom is the opposite, that we as humans would be quick to listen both to him and to the people around about us. Um, the posture in Philippians 2, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourself, not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of others. A listening posture to other people is a posture that says, it's not about me and what I want. It's not about thinking that I'm better than everyone else. The listening posture is a humble posture that says, I'm willing to see good in you. I'm willing to elevate you above me, even when you view things different to me. And even when the things that you're spouting I know to be false, I'm gonna give you the dignity of listening and hearing who you are and what you say. It's about putting them above ourselves and listening for their interests over our own. 
The best place you can go if you want to do a study on hearing and listening in Scripture is Proverbs. Right? There's a lot of stuff in there about how we use our tongue and about how we use our ears. But here's one of my favorite sections in Proverbs, chapter 18. A fool takes no pleasure in understanding, but only in expressing his opinion. So anytime you've failed to understand and just to express your opinion, the Bible is lovingly calling you a fool. So this is me a lot of the time. No. <laughs> um, before a, the, a downfall, the heart is haughty, but humility comes before honor. To answer before listening is folly and shame. There's loads of these passages throughout Proverbs. But at the end of the day, wisdom is associated with our ability to listen, our ability to understand, our ability to receive correction. Foolishness and folly is tied to being closed off to correction, not being able to receive understanding, and being too quick to let our mouth speak before our heart is able to engage. So at the end of the day, what do these passages say? Listening is a heart posture, right? It's the posture of a heart towards God, ready to receive. It's the posture of a heart toward herself, aware that we're full of brokenness and aware that we're full of the grace of God and that those two things are in competition inside of us. It's about being willing to love and hear and listen to the person next to us and to ask God what he might want to say or do or just to give them the grace of being loved in a world that doesn't take time to hear anybody want to just finish up by very practically saying, what does it look like to listen? And this is specifically looking at what does it look like to listen to the people around about you, but you will also notice that these things are true about what it looks like to listen to the Lord as he is speaking to us. So four key things with some just explanation underneath. If you want to be a person that lives opposite to the way of the world and cultivates a heart that has learned to listen and honor. First of all, be attentive. Um, speaking to spouses in the room, speaking to parents in the room, speaking to kids in the room, speaking to humans in the room. <laughs> be attentive, right? Make time. You can't listen well to someone when it's on the go. We have those experiences where it's like, oh, I'm so excited. We're going to drive to the beach for an hour and a half. What does that mean? We have time in a car to talk without busyness getting in the way. Be present. Uh, you can't listen well if you're sitting, and I'm guilty of this. I'm sitting in a coffee shop having food with someone, and I can't see very well in coffee shop lighting. So every time someone walks in towards me, it's like, are they coming for me? No. Are they coming to talk to me? So I'm looking, trying to figure out, I know their face, like, why are they walking towards me? Oh, no, they're just going to the trash can. Um, but be present. Are you present with the person in front of you? Are you giving them your time, your attention? Get rid of the distractions. And you know this, there's, there's people in the room where you're thinking, oh, man, this is an issue in our marriage. This is an issue in our parenting. This is an issue with this friend. When we sit down, they're just so distracted. They never have the time. Uh, so we've got to learn to be attentive. What does that look like? What, you know, with our relationship with God, is what happens when you go in the prayer room. You made time. I have no idea what's going on right now. I'm listening, God. <laughs> <laughs> You went into the prayer room, you made time. You got rid of distractions by going into a space that wasn't yours. You learned to be present and engage the things that were there. So be attentive. Show you are listening. Body language is key to that. 
Don't just listen to the things that come out of people's mouths. Watch how they're responding. Don't interrupt them. And don't plan your responses. This is the hard one. You know this moment, right? Someone is talking to you, and as they give their argument, you come up with a counterpoint. And so then the rest of what they're saying for the next five minutes, you're not listening to a word. You're just waiting for the opportunity to get your counterpoint in, right? Okay, like, am I the only one? Is this like (laughs) confessions of a terrible pastor right here? Um, So you know those moments. We're not listening when we're formulating our response. And a lot of the time what happens is someone says something we don't like or don't agree with, and then our response is, is to try and counter it. And so we stop listening. And uh, instead of listening, instead of listening, uh, we begin to do other things. Let me take that off. So yeah, don't, don't interrupt. Don't plan your response. The things people are saying. This is the same online. Like some people go online just looking for the fight. They don't want to hear what the person says. They've gone online with the response already planned and then jump into a conversation that they've not heard to give the opinion without listening. And there are people, I don't know if there's any of you in the room, there are people that this is like their greatest hobby to give their opinion without ever hearing the conversation that's there. So we've got to show we're listening. What does this look like in conversation with God? right? Body language, the posture that we use as we engage them that says, God, you know, I'm listening. I do this quite often in worship. I'm like, God, I'm just, I just want to receive, like, my hands are out, just throw on me whatever you want and I'll catch it, right? I'm ready. So our body's posture, as much as we're with one another, can say we're listening. With God, our body's posture can say that we're listening. Don't interrupt, so easy to just, hey, here's all the things that I need to say to God. So it's like a, a drive-by shooting in many senses. You just, it's like, blah, 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 and then you're done. Sometimes we've got to say, God is trying to speak. Are we stopping to listen? Stop interrupting what he's trying to say. Be quiet long enough. And don't plan your responses. This is particularly important when you come to Scripture, right? Many of us come to Scripture with our theology and our response already decided, So I'm going to read this passage today, but I've already decided what it's going to say. I've already decided what it means. I'm not going to stop and listen to see what it is that he might want to say to me through here or to correct wrong thinking that I have. So be attentive, show you're listening, be curious. Try to understand what the person is saying from their point of view. Oh, Western world and oh, America, defer judgment. (laughs) This is so hard, isn't it? Uh, When someone says something that we don't like, when they're walking in a way that's opposite to who we are, when they say something that just triggers some internal response, it's hard to defer that judgment. But as soon as we sit in that place of judgment, we've stopped listening. And what happens in the moment of judgment? You listen to someone speaking, you start judging. Do you know what happens? You stop listening, and you start having an inner conversation with them that they're not part of. Oh, you're an idiot. How could you ever believe that? That's the most stupid thing in the world. And so we become the attacker rather than the person that's willing to hear. Dial back your opinions. I've said this many times. I'm going to say it many, many more times. The best way for your opinion to be heard is to wait for someone to invite it. We've all had those moments where someone gives us their opinion and we don't want it. What's our gut response? I'm going to reject whatever you say because I don't want to hear what you're going to say. 
And so we do this in our marriages, we do this in our friendships, we do this in our parenting, uh, we do this in our childing against our parents, um, where it's like, I'm just going to shoot my opinion down your throat, and that's the worst thing that we can do, especially when it comes to our faith. And then ask appropriate questions. One of the best ways that we can show we're listening is, hey, hang on a second, I didn't understand what you said. Help me understand this, because I want to be able to follow you well. I want to track with you. Sorry, who are we talking about here? That didn't make a lot of sense. I want to, I want to be with you and help clarify. And then lastly, respond appropriately. He who has ears, let him hear. It wasn't a statement. If you don't have ears, you're excluded. And if you are, you better listen. It was a statement about, are you going to do what is being said? What's the, the appropriate response when you listen to someone pour out their heart and they're broken and hurting? It's to encourage them. Hey, let me give you a little, take a moment just to, you feel like you're worthless. Let me tell you how worthy you are to me. Let me tell you what I see. Or someone says, hey, I've got this problem like uh, I'm super sick and I can't get out for groceries. What's the appropriate response? Well, let me go to the grocery store and get you the things that you need and drop them at your door. But I'm going to stay 12 feet away because you've got COVID. Uh, <laughs> um, and what is it with the Lord? We don't know, but I'm in that room and God was speaking. So the question is, what's the appropriate response now as we've listened to him and we've heard? What's the appropriate response? It's what we're trying to do as a church. We've been listening. We've been seeking. We're going slow and it can be frustrating. But now as God is moving, how do we steward what he's doing? How do we listen and not just assume he did something last week, so that means we just got to keep doing that same thing forever? Uh, what's it look like to hear what he's doing, to hear afresh today what he wants to do, and then respond appropriately to the things that he's asking of us? Listening is a lost art. What would happen if, as Christians, that was all we did? We learned to be attentive to God, we learned to listen to ourselves, and we became masters at listening to other people. I think what would happen is we'd see less sin in our life. I think we'd have more confidence in who he is, and who he's made us to be. And I think we'd have people battering down the doors of our church to come in and be heard and listened to and loved and cared for, ready to ask the question, hey, what's your opinion about life after death? What's your opinion uh, about how I reconcile with this person that's broken? What's your opinion uh, about these things that are tearing me up inside that I don't understand? So this is my prayer walking into this year, that we would be a church that learns the art of listening. And that we would be distinct from the world and perhaps from many of the other churches out there. Because we listen to him, we listen to ourselves, and we listen to one another. Let me pray. God, thank you that you are the God who listens to us. That you never ask us to do something that you aren't willing to do yourself. And so when you say to us, hear, O Israel, you're the God who says, when you cry out to me, I will hear your prayers. You're the God that says when we wake up and when we sit down and when we lie down, you're there. Uh, you're the God that is ready in every moment, that even before the words come out of our mouth, you're so attentive to our situation, to our body language, to the condition of our soul, that before we utter the words, you've heard the cry of our heart. So God, we want to be more like you. So help us to know you. Help us to know your voice. And help us to be people who listen in the way that you listen so that people can hear you through our actions as much as our words. Lord, we love you. Thank you for speaking to us. Amen.